Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. The key to solving any mystery? Smart decisions based on the facts. In the case of the weather's effect on your well-being, turn to The Weather Channel app. It clues you in on how weather shapes your mood, health, and productivity with insights built on reliable forecast data to help you thrive. Because mystery belongs in true crime, not weather. Be a force of nature with The Weather Channel app. Gary Douglas smiled as he wandered through the crowd at a 1987 house party in Santa Barbara. He loaded up a plastic plate with cubes of orange cheese, grabbed himself a glass of white wine, and made his way to a large patio overlooking the host's backyard. As he stepped outside, he found a dozen other party guests sitting cross-legged in a semicircle on the terracotta tiles. At the center of the circle, a bald man in a Hawaiian shirt knelt on a cushion, his eyes closed. A moment later, the man's eyes snapped open, and in a deep voice, he introduced himself as a being from another dimension called Bashar. Gary watched in silent awe as Bashar launched into a rambling sermon on the nature of the universe. Later that night, once he'd had time to fully process the wisdom offered by the strange spirit, Gary was consumed by a single thought. If he could do it, then why can't I? Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, their leader, and their followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Cults for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Cults in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Today, in a one-part episode, we're taking a deep dive into Gary Douglas, founder of a new age self-empowerment movement known as Access Consciousness. In the 1990s, Gary Douglas developed an interest in spirit channeling and claimed that he'd been visited by the spirit of Russia's mad monk, Grigory Rasputin. Over the next two decades, Gary expanded Access Consciousness from a mystical meditation clinic into an international media empire centered around the vague doctrine of true consciousness. Attracting tens of thousands of followers a year, Access Consciousness eventually earned Gary an estimated net worth of $1.5 million.
According to the Meet Gary section of the Access Consciousness website, Gary Douglas was born into a Midwest middle-class, white-bred family on January 1st, 1950. Gary says that he felt different from most of the people he knew by the time he was six years old. But his life prior to 1990 followed a fairly routine trajectory for someone with his background. He grew up in a fairly stable household. Though his parents weren't religious, Gary was fascinated with religion from an early age and convinced his parents to let him and his younger sister walk to Catholic Mass together when he was nine. Gary later said he liked singing hymns and found the stories of the Bible inspiring. But the church's answers about life, purpose, and the nature of existence were never enough to satisfy his curiosity. Still searching for answers, Gary attended college in 1967, where he focused on building the foundations for a white-bred, middle-class life of his own. After Gary graduated, he moved to Santa Barbara. There, he met his first wife and started working in real estate. They welcomed a daughter a couple of years later. Not bad for a 25-year-old kid from a small town in the Midwest. His first wife was a Scientologist who ran a field group in Santa Barbara. Though he never fully converted, Gary flirted with Scientology throughout the 80s. After getting divorced in 1983, 33-year-old Gary married Patricia O'Hare. She also had experience with Scientology, but was no longer active in the church. Patricia introduced Gary to another prominent ex-Scientologist, Mary Vernica. At 71, Mary had devoted decades of her life to the church. She had a profound impact on Gary, and the two became incredibly close. He frequently sought her advice on relationship issues, financial troubles, and other matters. Their relationship and his experiences with Scientology would go on to influence Gary's later attempts to found his own spiritual organization. Though he didn't create Access Consciousness until the early 90s, Gary's fascination with spirit channeling began at a Santa Barbara house party in 1987. Spirit channeling is a practice that, while it claims to explore the spirit world, may actually be a way of delving into our inner worlds. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist, but she has done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. Transpersonal psychology, or spirit psychology, attempts to integrate spiritual aspects of the human experience into the framework of modern psychology. As explained by Raul Valverde in the Journal of Consciousness Exploration and Research, channeling is a parapsychological phenomenon that can also lead to the exploration of the inner self. According to this theory, the spirit that possesses a channeler during a trance state is actually an expression of the channeler's own unconscious mind, meaning that though the channeler may believe another being has entered their body, the spirit is likely a subconscious expression of the channeler's idealized self. In some cases, the spirit may take the form of a historical figure the channeler subconsciously identifies with. In the late 80s, spirit channelers were the latest trend in Santa Barbara. The phenomenon fascinated many of the beach city's wealthy, psychedelic explorers. They played host to self-styled gurus who would enter a meditative trance and sit in silence until they were contacted by a spirit. Then the spirit would speak to the crowd through the channeler. Sometimes the spirit was an ancient Tibetan philosopher 
preaching a message of brotherly love, a deity offering the secret to eternal joy, or an alien psychic projecting across the universe just to say hi. Real or not, the acts were a big hit among New Age suburbanites, intrigued by reincarnation, Eastern religions, and astral projection. Gary Douglas was no exception. When the 37-year-old watched a man entertain a room of party guests by channeling a being called Bashar, he was spellbound. It's possible the man he saw was Daryl Anka, a well-known medium who has channeled a multidimensional being named Bashar for decades. Though he would have been just getting started at the time, Anka remained a prominent fixture of the spiritual channeling community for decades. After witnessing the performance, Gary began to wonder whether he could learn to channel spirits too. It's said that Gary joked to his wife, he's no better looking than I, he's no taller, he certainly doesn't speak any better, he's from New Jersey. Whether out of a genuine interest or sensing an opportunity to cash in on a new age trend, Gary threw himself into the world of spirit channeling. When he wasn't working on his real estate business, he devoured books and attended lectures on the subject. Then, in 1989, Gary's sister-in-law, Virginia, came to visit. Gary, now 39, invited her, Patricia, and a few friends to a channeling session with a local woman named Yvonne, who channeled a spirit named Dr. W. It was during this session, while Gary and friends were meditating silently, that Gary claims he made first contact with the ghost of Grigory Rasputin. Rasputin was a historic Russian mystic and self-proclaimed holy man who befriended Zarina Alexandra Fyodorovna, wife of Nicholas II. His influence over the royal family destabilized the monarchy, and the leaders of parliament had him assassinated in 1916. His outrageous acts of public drunkenness and heavily publicized affairs with the ladies of the Russian aristocracy earned him his infamous nickname, the Mad Monk of Moscow. Transpersonal psychology would suggest that Gary Douglas imagined himself being possessed by the spirit of Rasputin as a way of expressing some inner unconscious desire. Perhaps as someone who envisioned himself as a free spirit, unrestricted by societal limitations, Gary was unconsciously drawn to Rasputin's reputation as an oversexed hellraiser. Either way, while channeling Rasputin, Gary spoke with a faux Russian accent. He recounted various details of Rasputin's life, which he claims to have had no prior knowledge of. A few minutes later, Rasputin faded, and Gary returned to mixed reactions from the others in the room. Virginia and his friends were impressed, but Patricia thought Gary may have been pulling a prank on them. Eventually, he convinced her it had all been real. Gary insisted that he knew nothing about Grigory Rasputin before the first channeling, other than his name. Yet when Patricia recorded the details of Rasputin's life that Gary mentioned during his channeling sessions, Gary estimated that about 80% of it was 100% correct. After this first encounter, Gary was conveniently able to conjure Rasputin at will. He started offering guided meditation sessions with Rasputin to a select group of friends around Santa Barbara in 1990. Though one journalist later compared his faux Russian accent to a high school theater kid mangling Chekhov, Gary's Rasputin act mystified and delighted his early clientele. To make sure the routine didn't get stale, Gary also channeled other spirits, 
including an ancient Chinese man and Brother George, a boisterous friar from the 14th century. Though he developed a small, passionate following by the end of 1990, he still considered channeling to be a hobby at this point. He saw it as a fun way to connect with the New Age folks in a social circle and bring in some extra money to supplement his flagging real estate business. Throughout the 1980s, Gary made a good living as an investor, earning about $100,000 a year. Then, in 1990, the U.S. economy entered a recession. Soon, Gary faced mounting debts, a lawsuit by collection agencies, and an IRS investigation into unpaid taxes. When he was eventually forced into bankruptcy, Gary decided to make spirit channeling his full-time gig. Around this time, he attended a meditation retreat in Colorado. While meditating in the mountains, Gary supposedly began to channel the spirits of an ancient, extinct race of aliens called the Novians. They revealed the fundamental nature of the universe to Gary. The aliens showed him how to achieve true consciousness by freeing his mind from the pesky human limitations of judgment, shame, and rational thought. The Novians could have been another unconscious expression of Gary's desire to live unshackled from all forms of consequence. But writing about it later, Gary described the experience of channeling the Novians as physically painful. Early manuals for access consciousness stated, they would take about one breath and talk for 20 minutes, lower Gary's blood pressure and heartbeat to the point that on a 92 degree day, he would be freezing. He needed to drink several cups of hot tea and wear a down comforter to raise his temperature. To save himself unnecessary pain, Gary suggested the Novians transmit all future communications through the spirit of Grigory Rasputin. Through Rasputin, the Novians offered Gary the key components of the philosophy that would define the early years of access consciousness. The most important of these concepts being the bars. This was a massage technique that stimulates points on the skull to alleviate suffering caused by subconscious memories of traumatic experiences, mood disorders, and depression. By the time he'd returned from the Colorado retreat at the end of 1990, Gary had everything he needed to launch Access Consciousness. He had a small, devoted following from his channeling sessions in Santa Barbara, a New Age philosophy gifted to him by alien spirits, and a pseudoscientific physical practice akin to reflexology. His cult was ready to go. Up next, Gary founds the Access Consciousness Empire, with a little help from alien head massages. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now back to the story.
After struggling in the real estate business in the early 90s, Gary Douglas needed a new career. He surveyed the metaphysical landscape of Santa Barbara and saw a way forward through spirit channeling. At the age of 42, he suddenly transformed himself into a spirit-channeling guru. Offering a doctrine of self-empowerment, he claimed to have received from an ancient alien race called the Nobians. Armed with extraterrestrial wisdom, Gary set out to construct his own New Age empire. Piggybacking off the success of his early channeling sessions, Gary founded Access Energy Transformation in 1991. He formalized the group's doctrine and, like Scientology, developed a tiered structure of classes, seminars, one-on-one sessions, and incentives designed to recruit members and rake in cash. Though it has evolved significantly over the years through a series of rebrandings, the original Access Consciousness doctrine can be summarized in a few key points. The fundamental principle of access consciousness is that those who achieve true consciousness will find spiritual fulfillment and manifest positive changes in their lives. Accessories, as Gary's converts were known, were taught that the concepts of good and evil were invented to restrict their behavior through psychological conditioning. According to Gary, our minds literally create our reality through our thoughts, desires, and actions. Therefore, we should not judge ourselves nor inhibit our desires in any way. In Gary's view, traumatic memories and societal expectations create mental blocks that prevent us from experiencing true consciousness. Access Consciousness promised that those who attain true consciousness could perform impressive metaphysical miracles, like using thought to alter the molecular makeup of cheap wine so it tastes better. The organization separated people into two categories, people who didn't subscribe to its teachings and therefore never attained true consciousness are humans. Members of Access Consciousness who aspired to true consciousness, on the other hand, and have worked to free themselves of judgment, shame, and self-doubt were considered humanoids. Access didn't explicitly forbid indoctrinated humanoids from associating with uninitiated humans, but the manuals also didn't shy away from disparaging humans as unenlightened harbingers of shame and doubt. Access manuals also advised humanoid accessories to be wary of their human family. In Gary's view, concerned family members were just another limitation to be transcended. In order to help new members transition from human to humanoid, Access Consciousness used massage therapy called Access Bars. The practice is similar to Eastern reflexology, where applying pressure to certain areas of a person's foot is used to cure a number of ailments. Access Bars instead outlined 32 points on a person's skull that, when massaged by a certified Access Bars facilitator, were said to relieve a patient of subconscious memories, preventing them from experiencing true consciousness. Facilitators made many bold claims about the benefits of Access Bars. Gary boasted that one session could free a person from 5,000 to 10,000 years of mental limitations and cure a variety of mental disorders, ranging in severity from laziness and low self-esteem to suicidal depression. While it's certainly irresponsible to suggest that a cranial massage could cure a severe depressive episode, researchers have found evidence that suggests cranial massage 
can provide other therapeutic benefits. One study examining the effects of cranial massage found that, compared to control participants, massage participants exhibited greater improvements in migraine frequency and sleep quality during the intervention weeks. During sessions, massage-induced decreases in state anxiety, heart rate, and cortisol. Though his claims about the benefits were wildly exaggerated, Gary made Access Mars a core component of the Access Energy Transformation curriculum. Over time, Access has undergone many changes, but the original feedback loop where people paid to become facilitators so they could earn money by luring new recruits into the classes remains central to its business model. For example, a new Access convert seeking to become a certified Access Bars facilitator today would first need to enroll in a foundation class with a licensed facilitator, which costs $600. Then, they would have to take the Level 1 course within the next 18 months, or another $600. This makes them eligible for the Level 2 and 3 courses, taught exclusively by Gary Douglas and his top lieutenants, and they cost $1,800 each. Members interested in becoming facilitators must take each class twice for a total of $6,000. Once they've completed the courses, they earn an invitation to a seven-day intensive retreat in Costa Rica, which costs $2,950 plus airfare. Then, once they become a certified facilitator, they must pay a $3,200 annual recertification fee. Spending upwards of $13,000 earns Access members an official facilitator profile on the Access Consciousness website and the right to facilitate their own Access Bars courses, charging $600 per person to perpetuate the cycle. Gary may have received his initial instructions from an alien race called the Novians, but the secret to his success lay in combining a predatory pay-to-play model with the trickle-up pyramid design of a multi-level marketing scheme. And yet, despite the financial burdens Access Consciousness placed on its participants, Gary Douglas continued to attract a following. From 1991 to 2000, Access grew, slowly but steadily. It soon evolved from a small group that taught classes out of Gary's home to a national organization with chapters all over the country. It was especially successful at carving out footholds in witchy, new-age hotspots like Denver, Tucson, Houston, and Baton Rouge. Clearly, people got something out of Gary's lectures. Ex-accessories said that Gary's seminars could be a lot of fun and he was great at creating a strong sense of community among his followers, especially in the early years. In between Rasputin channeling sessions where Gary preached in circles about empowering you to know what you know and making the choice to choose, he was a genuinely fun and charismatic person to talk to. He cracked jokes, told stories, and encouraged participants to share their feelings without fear of judgment. It's not hard to see how someone in a tough spot in their life might come away from one of Gary's seminars feeling better about themselves. But a more sinister secret to the successful expansion of Access Consciousness was hidden in Gary's 10 Keys to Freedom, which all accessories must learn by heart. The first of the 10 keys was a question. Would an infinite being really choose this? This question specifically appealed to the vanity of potential recruits. 
Access consciousness was far from the first New Age cult to win people over by encouraging their natural instinct for self-aggrandizement. Other keys served to inhibit a person's objectivity, such as, everything is just an interesting point of view, live as the question, not the answer, and no judgment, no discrimination, no discernment. By embracing these mantras, accessories insulated themselves from criticism and discouraged each other from thinking critically about Gary's teachings. Any contradictory aspect about the organization was folded into the concept of living as the question. If accessories never had to judge competing ideas, then they never had to directly engage with their critics. The fifth key, no form, no structure, no significance, provided Gary the leeway needed to reinvent access consciousness as necessary. He could change his dogma as many times as he needed to maintain its momentum and legitimacy. Gary mixed these keys in with several pleasant, aspirational mantras intended to portray access consciousness as healthy, inclusive, and calming. Sayings like, no drugs of any kind, live in 10-second increments, no competition, and no exclusion. Taken together, these keys to freedom serve a dual purpose. They indoctrinated the members of access consciousness into a docile pattern of behavior. By encouraging his followers to let go of judgment, live in the moment, and not worry too much about the past or future, Gary could lull them into a state of increased suggestibility. This kind of dual purpose is a common feature of cults, as explained by Dr. Margaret Singer in a study on psychotherapy cults. She wrote, because cults profess to help members, but in actuality exploit them, cults develop a double agenda in which they employ a dual set of norms, with the surface norms subservient to the deeper, hidden designs and purposes of an organization or group. Surface norms stress the idealism and the righteousness of the cause. Below the surface, however, are a set of underlying norms that efficiently run the organization. Enshrining these techniques as the Ten Commandments at the heart of access consciousness allowed Gary to profess a benevolent idealism. This worked to make new members more easily indoctrinated. And from 1991 to 2000, as Gary worked to expand access energy transformation beyond the confines of Ojai County, thousands of people lined up to embrace Gary's Ten Commandments. Then, in 2000, 50-year-old Gary Douglas met the man who would transform access consciousness. Soon, it would go from a regional New Age novelty to a media-savvy international wellness brand. But first, Gary would have to save a man's life. Coming up, Gary Douglas discovers a depressed chiropractor with magic hands, and together they launch access consciousness into the 21st century ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply now, back to the story. Throughout the 1990s, Gary Douglas attracted a steady following of New Age devotees to access consciousness 
Entertained by the lively conjurings of Grigory Rasputin's ghost, converts were captivated by his philosophy of radical self-acceptance. By 2000, 50-year-old Gary was looking to expand even further. At the time, Dane here was a chiropractor in his 30s, living in Santa Barbara. He was handsome, engaged to a wonderful woman, and lived 20 minutes from one of the best beaches in California. Though he appeared to have it all, Dane was severely depressed. His medical practice wasn't doing well, and he was struggling to pay his half of the rent in the apartment he shared with his fiancée. Crippled by self-doubt and self-loathing, he made a plan to end his life in six months if things did not improve. Fortunately, he stumbled across a newspaper ad for an Access Bars class and decided to sign up for an introductory class. Dane took to Access immediately. He was charming and gentle, if a little melancholy, with a brilliant smile and a good eye for fashion. He was a big hit with other members of the class, especially the ladies. Perhaps because of his experience as a chiropractor, Dane proved to have a talent for running bars. After completing the Foundation and Level 1 classes, Dane met Gary for the first time. When Dane ran bars for him, Gary was blown away. Recounting the story at a class in 2004, Gary said, He started doing this stuff, and I started twitching all over the table. And when I got up, I said, Whoa, what did you just do? That was the most phenomenal thing I've ever experienced. That session changed my life. And it changed his, too. Gary asked Dane to begin facilitating advanced classes, launching him straight to the top of the Access Consciousness hierarchy. Not long after that, Dane moved into Gary's house and became his number two man. While there's no mention of what became of Dane and his fiancée's relationship, it appears the couple had split by the time Dane moved in with Gary. Dane was increasingly popular within the Access Consciousness community, Dane could induce orgasm in some people just by placing his fingertips on their scalp. Gary recognized that Dane had enormous potential as a youthful, handsome, and articulate spokesperson and began grooming him to become one of the main public faces of the organization. As Dane handled more of the classes and administrative responsibilities, Gary was free to focus his efforts on the big picture. He'd managed to carve out a lucrative niche for himself among those interested in New Age philosophy and mysticism, but he could sense that the tide was turning. As the new millennium dawned, the rising tide of New Age thought he'd been riding since the 80s had finally begun to ebb. By 2004, Gary started to push access consciousness in a new direction, distancing it from its mystical origins. Now 54, he phased out his Rasputin character, offering the official explanation that he'd gotten tired of people treating Rasputin like their personal psychic. Unofficially, it's likely Gary knew that by obscuring the more bizarre elements of the origins of Access Consciousness, he could rebrand the Access philosophy for a wider audience. He intended to expand Access Consciousness to be an umbrella company, covering all manner of lifestyle and wellness techniques. In 2005, after giving Rasputin the boot for good, 55-year-old Gary transitioned further, publishing his first self-help book. It was titled, Sex is Not a Four-Letter Word, But Relationship Oftentimes Is. 
It cobbled together aphorisms from Gary's previous seminars and lectures, offering relationship advice through the self-centered lens of Access's true consciousness philosophy. For example, one piece of advice included in the book was passed down to Gary from his Scientologist mentor, Mary Vernica. She advised that a healthy marriage must be based in honor and respect. A conscious partner may choose to sleep with someone besides their spouse, but they must not dishonor the partner by telling them about it. Incidentally, Gary, the self-appointed marriage expert, divorced his second wife, Patricia, in 2005. After the success of his first book, Gary went on a writing spree. Other books published under the Access Consciousness umbrella include Write Riches for You, Beyond the Utopian Ideal, Talking to Animals, How to Become Money, Money's Not the Problem You Are, and many, many more. Becoming a published author gave Gary a new air of legitimacy. It allowed him to rebrand himself as a best-selling author, international speaker, sought-after facilitator, and expert in behavioral psychology. He was offered spots on radio shows to promote his books and even made his way onto some local morning shows. All that free publicity fed back into Access Consciousness, and it gradually developed into an international following. Today, you can find certified Access facilitators offering classes all over the world, from Texas to Lithuania. Gary's lectures, books, and video courses have been translated into over a dozen languages. However, evidence suggests that by 2007, all of the success had started going to Gary's head. Attendees of the 57-year-old's lectures noticed a marked shift in his personality around that time. The once open-minded and magnanimous speaker started to develop a cruel streak. Lectures on relationships often diverted into Gary airing bitter grievances against his ex-wives and vicious tirades against those who had slighted him in the past. Sadly, it only got worse from there. At a seminar on family and relationships in 2007, Gary, a father and grandparent himself, was recorded saying, quote, young children are incredibly sexy. Instead of acknowledging this and allowing themselves to enjoy the energy without acting on it, parents most often judge themselves for being wrong for having these feelings about their children. In addition to this questionable statement, Gary took a radical departure from the inclusive nature of his earlier texts. In 2004, Gary had encouraged criticism of his ideas. It was all part of living as the question. But by 2012, excerpts from access manuals strike a starkly different tone, slandering those who criticized access's teachings as evil and conniving. The new texts labeled critics as demons from hell and went so far as to suggest accessories should threaten to kill them. Gary's advice on family and marriage took a dark turn as well, with the later manuals advising members that the only reason to have family is if they have money you might inherit, otherwise divorce them. As Gary became a less reliable spokesperson for the organization, Dane here stepped into the gap, doing more television appearances and radio interviews. He remained immensely popular within the Access Consciousness community, and by 2012, he had become the dominant public face of Access Consciousness. In contrast to Gary, Dane was fun and casual. His seminars were raucous, hands-on affairs where he would liven things up by cracking sexually charged jokes. 
he expanded his roster of courses, offering an in-demand sex workshop called The Joys of Orgasm. But as Dane was collecting fans, 62-year-old Gary faced more detractors. In 2012, he announced plans to launch a series of education initiatives aimed at pre-teens and teenagers. In exchange for a $50,000 donation to the Ricky Williams Youth Education Charity, Gary got to host an educational event at a high school in Houston. His lecture encouraged kids to know what they know and taught them techniques to manipulate their teachers to get better grades. Suddenly, Texans and the local media were asking if access consciousness was a cult targeting children. The recording about children's sexiness from 2007 resurfaced. Accusations of sex cult shenanigans soon followed. And while that aspect was likely untrue, they still had good reason to be suspicious of Gary's intentions. It's possible Gary didn't decide to pivot to targeting teenagers on a whim. As a master manipulator, he understood that teens were particularly susceptible to access his method of thought reform. According to the results of a study commissioned by the Program for International Student Assessment, only 14% of American students ages 13 to 17 are able to deal with concepts that are abstract or counterintuitive and establish distinctions between fact and opinion based on implicit cues pertaining to the content or source of the information. Children make easy targets for Gary's brand of abstract, counterintuitive psychobabble. If he could hook them while they're young, he'd recruit a customer for life. Doing damage control on behalf of his organization, Ricky Williams assured the concerned parents of Houston that he would not allow access consciousness to hijack his foundation's education programs. After the 2012 debacle, access consciousness actually moved its headquarters to Houston, Texas, but they've maintained a low profile since then and stayed out of the news. Still, the organization continues to attract members. Gary and Dane are still out there leading seminars, hosting seven-day intensive retreats in Costa Rica, and offering up meandering metaphysical lectures to anyone willing to listen. From the sandy shores of Santa Barbara, Gary Douglas took the new wave for a ride around the world. A natural-born salesman, he spent two decades perfecting the art of selling a vague notion of consciousness. But by lionizing his own subjectivity, Gary eventually lost his grip on reality and proved just how hollow it is to live life 10 seconds at a time. Thanks again for tuning in to Cults. We'll be back next week with another episode. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Cults, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Cults on Spotify, just open the app and type Cults in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll see you next time. Cults was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Brendan Hawkins, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. 
This episode of Cults was written by Nick Hanley, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon, and stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson. 